Hello and welcome. It's a bonus Q&A episode of Books of the Year. Uh, we're with crime writer S.A. Cosby, who was going to be in Virginia, but he's in New York. It's very early uh, morning. He sounds fantastic. That's why. <laughs> yeah. You can check out our conversation about All the Sinners Bleed on our other podcast. The Q&A goes like this. Sean, what is the last book that you really, really enjoyed reading? Uh, yeah, Everybody Knows by Jordan Harper. It's a book about celebrity and Hollywood crime and corruption in the uh, day glow technicolor wasteland that is Los Angeles. It's a masterful book. It's an incredible instant classic. Uh, Jordan is probably one of the top three American crime writers of the last 15 years that not enough people know about. So, yeah, if you can get your hands on it, go read Everybody Knows. Is that going to be you said making San Jose is going to be difficult to find? <laughs> I don't know how I don't know when it's released in the UK, uh, but it's it's a wonderful book. Uh, I read it earlier this year. I actually got to read a rough draft because Jordan and I are friends, but I'm not saying it's a great book because we're friends. It's a great book because he is a master wordsmith. He really is. Excellent. Uh, where do you find yourself most inspired to write, um, Sean? When when you where do you where <laughs> are you physically when you're putting pen to paper? <laughs> You know, it's crazy. I usually am in the gym. I, I like to work out. I like to lift weights. It doesn't look like it when you see me, but <laughs> I definitely do. I enjoy working out. I, and and uh, I do sometimes find myself thinking of an idea while I'm doing some kind of uh, physical activity, but usually in the in the gym. Yeah. Do you have a favorite book or author that no one else has heard of? Oh, that's a great question. Um... I don't know if nobody's ever heard of this offer, but he's not as well known today as he was in his own time. Uh, Chester Himes was an African-American crime writer of the 30s and 40s and 50s. And uh, he actually moved in, into Europe in the in the early part of the 60s. Um, he wrote uh, stories set in, in Harlem in America during the Harlem uh, Renaissance, uh, which was sort of this height of of African-American intellectualism uh, in the twenties. And uh, he's such a, I put him on par with, with Hammett, Dashiell Hammett and, uh, and Raymond Chandler. He is such an incredible uh, art, uh, sort of articulator of that American private eye crime writer ethos that uh, sort of flourished in the post-war years. So I don't know if he's not well known but he may not be as well-known as he was, but Chester Heim is definitely a writer that more people should read. Um, if, if we were to come to your house, Sean, and look at your bookcases and, and how you've sort of arranged your books, would we see, is there any order there? Do you organise them by, by name, by author, by theme? We've had some writers who even organise them by colour. I mean, is there any, is there any sense to yours? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> they're not organized at all. I think there are a lot of times they're organizing books. Well, I guess if I was to say anything, there is a, a pile or a section of books that I reread a lot. I, I have books that I like to reread. Uh, like, for instance, uh, Darkness Take My Hand by Dennis Lehane uh, is a private eye novel that I reread every October because it's a crime novel, but it's a crime novel. It's a horror novel masquerading as a crime novel. It's brilliant. Um, there's also uh, Faulkner's um, uh, uh, Light in August. I read that like once a year uh, as sort of a tradition. So there are some books that I like to reread that are, are up front on my shelf and then everything else is chaos. Uh, we always like to surprise our guests with a question from uh, a fellow author and fan. Uh, Barack Obama's a fan, but he was uh, a little busy. A little busy. Um, doing what? I don't know. He's not president anymore. Uh, anyway, we have a voice note courtesy of best-selling thriller author Ruth Ware. Here it is. Hi, Sean. Hi, Simon. And hello, Matt. It's Ruth Ware here. 
Sean, as you know, I'm a big fan. And what I want to know is, All the Sinners Bleed is kind of a contrast to your previous books, which have tended to be more about outsiders and outlaws. What made you decide to jump the fence and write about a man of the law like Titus? Oh, first of all, I want to thank Ruth for that question. She's so kind, so nice. She made a reference to one of my books in one of her books recently, which oh, is the highest praise that an author can give another author. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting question. For me, the issues that I wanted to discuss in All the Sinners Bleed need to be told through the prism of someone who is trying to maintain order uh, because it's when the order breaks down that you see the true character of this person. You know, when you write about outlaws or as I think the term in the UK is hard men, um, you can pretty much do whatever you want because there's no rules. Outlaws don't follow rules. They just, the only rules not get caught. So they can drive around town, beating up people, hitting people in the head with shovels, doing all manner of mayhem and, and such. And, and they don't have to worry about the only rule they have to worry about not uh, uh, worry about violating uh, is their own code of honor. But with Titus, a police officer or someone in an elected position or what have you, he he has to follow these rules and still try to mete out justice in sort of some sort of equality. And I thought it would be interesting to sort of see how that affects a person who also not only following the law, but has a very strong moral code. You know, Titus is a really righteous man. His brother even teases him about it at one point. And so I wanted to see what he would what it would look like or how he would behave when that order that he's so, you know, it's so committed to starts to break down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to slightly amend the next question, Sean. And by amend, I mean completely change beyond all recognition <laughs> the next question, uh, which is this is this is the first of your books that I've read, but it will absolutely not be the last. And I want to know where I should start. What What is it? What is the book that you, the, of, of S.A. Cosby's that I should be picking up next that you would that you would point me towards? I think if you want to sort of see really my style, uh, the things that concern me, uh, my worldview, so to speak, um, I think Blacktop Wasteland is the book you should read next. I think Blacktop Wasteland, when I wrote that, I didn't have an agent. I had actually been dropped by an agent. uh, And I didn't have any (laughs) publishing prospects. And I had been listening to this program uh, that interviewed Bruce Springsteen, an American uh, a singer. And he was talking about his seminal uh, work, which is Born to Run. It's the album that really broke him as a star. And he made this comment that, you know, he had he had previously released two albums for his record company and they hadn't done well. They had they, he, he was pretty sure they were going to drop him, but they owed him some studio time. And so he said to effect, I'm paraphrasing here, so, you know, when I went to write it, I wrote about everything I liked, which was summertime, pretty girls, fast cars, and my sense of loss of who I was. And I remember thinking, well, that's what I'm going to do with the next book I write. You know, I'm going to just put everything I love in it. It's going to be about the South. It's going to be about, you know, black men and women. It's going to be about fast cars and heists and shootouts. But also it's going to be about this search for masculinity and what it means. And, And so when I wrote it, you know, I had nothing to lose. So I just did everything I wanted to do. And, and then luckily, fortunately, people uh, people connected with it. I particularly enjoyed in that answer, Sean, the fact that you said Bruce Springsteen, comma, an American singer, comma. <laughs> oh, just, who's that? Just, a, who's just as an, an explanation in case, in case. Some bits of American culture we do need to be we told, get, but we, yeah. I, I didn't get that. 
Anyway, uh, and I've got tickets to go see him in the summer. So, uh, oh God, it's a great show. I saw him in I saw him uh, in March, and I tell you what, he's seventy two years old, and I walked out of that arena feeling terrible about my life choices <laughs> because he's just doing everything, and I'm like, I could not do half of what you did for three hours. It's just an incredible show. So, next question: You're throwing a fantasy dinner party, uh, Sean. You can invite three writers, living or dead. Who's on the list? Oh man. Uh... Let's see, um, James Baldwin, because I'd love to sit around and talk with James Baldwin after a couple glasses of wine. Um, Donna Tart, who's an American writer, wrote The Secret History, The Goldfinch, and, and uh, The Little Friend, who's just, she's just a remarkable individual. I'd love to just sit down and have a conversation with her. And I think just to turn things really interesting, uh, I'd invite uh, Ananis Nin, who's a, famous for her, uh, her erotic works for set in the uh, post-war France, um, just because I know it would make some people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quite right. Um, short chapters or long chapters? I'm going to leave the question as vague and open as that. <laughs> I think short chapters, when you're trying to, uh, when you're trying to move along the pacing, and long chapters when you want to be more languid. Perfect. Finally... Is there one piece of advice, Sean, that was given to you that has stayed with you throughout your writing career so far? And and can you share it? Yeah. So a long, long time ago, uh, before I was, quote unquote, S.A. Cosby, and I was just Sean Cosby, an aspiring writer, I uh, went to a book signing uh, of Walter Mosley. And I remember uh, standing in line and I had my battered copy of uh, Devil in Blue Dress and uh, and I got up to the table and I said, you know, Mr. Mosley, my name is Sean, and I love your work, and if you could just sign this, I would forever appreciate it. And he says, are you a writer? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aspiring. I, I haven't published anything, so I don't, I guess I'm not a real writer. And he looked me in the eye. He said, have you ever finished anything? Have you finished a work, a story, a book, whatever? I was like, yeah, I got plenty of finished stuff. I just haven't been published. He said, then you're a writer. Being a writer is not dependent on being published. As long as you're writing, you are a writer. I've never forgotten that. And I got to meet him later, years later, and uh, he's sort of become a mentor, and he's definitely a friend. But back then when I was an, you know, not a writer, not on in the New York Times, not anything, uh, I was still a writer. I've been a writer in my heart for as long as I can remember. And I, it was great having somebody verbalize that feeling. Sean, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. All the Sinners Bleed is published by Headline. Uh, is out now. It has the dark gothic cover, unless you're in America, in which case it has a brighter top <laughs> yeah. uh, moon. <laughs> we'll be back next week for another Books of the Year. Uh, best-selling author Kate Moss will be here. I hope you can join us then. Uh, but, Sean, thank you very much for your time. Thank you guys for having me so much. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.